Hello, my caregiving family out there in podcast land. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we are looking at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Guess what we're going to do today? We're going to begin to look at the last person within the pantheon of shepherds that God has provided for us to help guide us along life's journey. So it should come as no surprise that this last person is the the person of the Holy Spirit. Call it in person three in one. He does act as a shepherd for us. And we are going to look at various strict scriptures. Let me talk scriptures. I can say it for the next couple of episodes on how the Holy Spirit is right now being our shepherd because he lives within our hearts. So I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And hopefully I'll be able to demonstrate during this episode how it started in the Old Testament and how it's come to fruition in the New Testament to him dwelling in us. Okay, Psalms, the 143rd chapter, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level path. Now we're going to Ezekiel. The 36th chapter, and I'm going to be reading from the 26th through the 29th verse. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit. I will put within you, and I will remove you from your body, the heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and make you follow my statutes, and be careful to observe my ordinances. Then you shall live in the land that I gave you, that I gave to your ancestors, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will save you from your uncleanliness, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. John 14 chapter, verses 16 and verse 26. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I had said. Of course, this is Jesus speaking in both of those verses. Now we're going to Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 through 4, and then verse 8. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they all they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting divided tongues as the fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. But you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now I want to go back to Micah, Micah 3, verse 8. But as for me, I am filled with power and with the Spirit of the Lord, with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Last verse. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You see how the scriptures lead us toward the Holy Spirit coming to reside in the hearts of the believers. It really started back in Genesis, which I didn't read, where we see God when it's time for him to make man. He says, let us make man. That us is God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and God the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Way back there. But we see it's starting with David when David acknowledges that God's Spirit. He acknowledges that God has a Spirit, that He is Spirit. And then he asks that Spirit of God to lead him. I think this is understanding God's role as Spirit. And then to guide David and us, because now we ask for it, toward God to align us up in making right decisions and enabling us to do what God has called us to do. Then in Ezekiel, we see God speaking to the nation of Israel through the prophet of Ezekiel, that there would come a time where God's spirit would reside with them permanently. We'll see in later episodes how the Spirit would come on man at a certain time, but he wouldn't dwell with all of them all the time. And that when the Holy Spirit would come to reside in man permanently, they would be better able to follow his commands. Because God resides in us, we have the ability to walk in his way. And, he, and it makes his way more clear to us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Brings us revelation. We have this helper, the advocate, as Jesus describes, depending on which version you have, a helper, an advocate. And he makes God's word clearer to us. As we, you know, get to the New Testament, Jesus starts speaking about this partnership that he and the Holy Spirit and really God all have. He came to show us God, Jesus, right? Remember, he said that the Father and him are one. When we've seen him, we've seen the Father. And then, of course, he paid the penalty for for our sins, which was death, and rose again. So Jesus came and did what he was supposed to do. And then once he was finishing up his role, for lack of a better word, then he ushers in the Holy Spirit. He says he has to go so that the Holy Spirit can come down. Almost like if you're a wrestling fan, kind of tag team thing. And so as people receive Jesus as their Savior, the Holy Spirit enters in them, and then he dwells among us. I want us to get a good understanding, though, that the Holy Spirit isn't less than God. Paul tells us that God is spirit, and where his spirit is, there is freedom, meaning that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. He's a form of God. 
remember the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all one. Together, they represent the totality of Christ. Separately, they represent the different aspects of God. And so they're all one. And I think it's important for you to understand that because for those of you who are like me, you may have been arguing with the Holy Spirit and really didn't comprehend that that's what you were doing, that you were actually arguing with God. Yep, that was me, at full disclosure. I used to give him a whole lot of pushback <laughs> on all sorts of stuff. But half the time I thought I was kind of having a conversation with myself because I really didn't understand that the Holy Spirit could speak to me that way. God could speak to me that way, right? So I, I think I'm just kind of having a conversation with myself. And then God being so good because he made me, he just kind of gradually gave me the revelation that I wasn't having a conversation with myself, that I was actually speaking to him, right? Not God's quote-unquote representative, but him, the Holy Spirit, one. Talk about feeling like a fool. Yeah, that's what I felt like. <laughs> but it hasn't been the first time I felt like a fool in front of God. <laughs> but he loves me anyway. So I don't want you to make the same mistake that I did. Learn from me. The Holy Spirit is God. And so for the next couple of episodes, and it'll probably be more than a couple, we're going to look at what the Holy Spirit does in shepherding us to a better understanding of God and a better um, understanding of what it is that he has for us to do. How he is now taking on the role of shepherding us to keep us on track and in in the plans that God has for us but as we as I depart right I want to leave you with two things one that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior in your heart that you know that you do have the Holy Spirit who is now living within you you have him the moment you confess Jesus as your savior the Holy Spirit came to live in your heart Second, now that you have the Holy Spirit living in your heart, you have power. And we talked, we read two scriptures that attest to the power that the Holy Spirit brings. Now, the power isn't necessarily for you to go pick up a building or anything like that, but really the power to obey God and do what He has called you to do. And for this group, what could that possibly be? Caregiving. He's given you the power to do that, just as he gave me the power to do that. I know you don't feel like it sometimes. I know you feel drained and that you don't have any power at all. The diagnosis, the future may look bleak. But now is the time for you to remember who you are in Christ. And that you have the power of the living God in you. So you do have power. The power to be more than a conqueror in this season of caregiving. The Holy Spirit will help you through. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for giving us the advocate who resides in our hearts, who gently convicts us toward being better, being more, coming into the fruition of who you've created us to be as individuals and as a collective body. Thank you for having a grand plan 
not only for the world, but for us as individuals, for having a grand plan for the loved one that we're taking care of. We know that you think on such a higher level than we do, and we can't possibly comprehend or understand why you've allowed things to work out as you have. But your word doesn't tell us that we need to come to you and uh, understand everything, but that we need to offer up our trust to you and lean not to our own understanding. And so we come, Father, with the faith of a mustard seed, putting our trust in you, trusting you through this season of the hardships that will come ahead, of the decisions that we will be faced with. Help us to remember that your spirit lives within us and to make space and time for your spirit to talk to us, to give us direction on which way to go, to comfort us. All of those things that we will learn in the upcoming days and weeks. We honor you, Lord, because you are good. And I ask that you touch each and every person who's listening. Allow your spirit to awaken within them so that they know that they are loved and that you have a good plan for their lives. We love you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, go and minister the act of caregiving. In the name of Jesus, bye.